Welcome to Humanly, the podcast providing allied health and integrative medicine practitioners with the most up-to-date, evidence-based and clinically relevant information. This podcast is a melting pot of ideas on health and well-being and does not replace the advice of your primary healthcare professional. Here's your host, Daniel Reuters. Hello everyone and welcome to Humanly. My name is Daniel Reuters and today I'm joined by Dr. Lorraine Day. Dr. Day, thank you so much for coming along and speaking with me. Thank you so much for having me. Dr. Day, I saw you on Alex Stein's podcast a little while ago, and I really enjoyed what you were saying. And I just knew that I had to get you on the podcast and come and speak with me. So it's Mm -hmm. an absolute honor to have you here because I know that you've got a very uh, amazing and interesting career. And I'd actually love to hear about a little bit about your career and all the things that you've achieved and accomplished over the years. Well, um, I started out as a musician, as a music major, and then uh, music was my whole life until I was about uh, 20. And then I decided I didn't want to uh, teach little kids how to play the piano uh, and I didn't want to travel. So I thought, well, I went into dental hygiene and I became a dental hygienist. And then I decided I didn't want to keep my hands in everybody's mouth forever. So then I worked my way through medical school as a dental hygienist. And uh, then I was uh, on the, I was, it turns out, I didn't know this for a long time. It turns out I was apparently the first woman orthopedic trauma surgeon in the world. I didn't understand that at the first time. Yeah. And so um, orthopedics is a very masculine um, specialty because it's very hard work. Uh, You know, you're amputating limbs and you're operating on the spine and you're carrying heavy traction equipment around. So I was on the faculty of the University of California, San Francisco Medical School for 15 years. I was vice chairman of the Department of Orthopedic Surgery, and I was also chief of orthopedic surgery at San Francisco General Hospital, which was the first trauma hospital in America. Mm-hmm. And it maintained that status when I was there. We, we, we really invented trauma surgery in America. And so um, I was there for 15 years, and the AIDS epidemic came along during that period of time. And at one time, I was an advisor for the Centers for Disease Control until I found out they're all liars. And uh, they were lying then, they're lying now. And uh, Fauci was around then, Fauci's around now. He was lying then, he's lying now. And so uh, I started speaking out about the government's cover-up of the AIDS epidemic and how they were mishandling it. And up until that time, I was kind of like everybody else. I actually thought the government liked us. I thought, you know, the government <laughs> was good and and that the Wall Street Journal was correct and the New York Times told the truth. I was very naive. I was a practicing trauma surgeon. I was working night and day and, uh, you know, operating. Sometimes I'd operate 72 hours straight with no sleep and no decent food and drinking a lot of coffee and eating a lot of sugar to stay awake. Because when you've got people lined up outside of your operating room uh, who will be maimed for life or die if you don't operate, you're, you can't say, well, I'm tired, I'm going home. So um, I was doing a lot of damage to my body. But during this period of time, um, I was asked to be on many, many uh, television shows. In fact, uh, um, Australian 60 Minutes came up to uh, San Francisco to interview me at that time. And I actually was asked to come down and speak in Um, Australia to all of the heads of all of the orthopedic organizations. I was in Sydney and they brought them all there. And so I, um, at first, I thought that all of these media like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King Live and 60 Minutes wanted to know the truth. But I soon realized they didn't. They wanted to destroy my credibility as the highest ranking academic surgeon speaking out about this. In fact, the only one, nobody was speaking out about it. They were all afraid. Mm -hmm. And so uh, then I started understanding slowly what was really going on in the world. And I understood, I also had many people feeding me information, including lower levels of the Illuminati at the secretarial levels who realized that this was a terrible thing they were doing. And they said, you know, we don't want to lose our job and we don't want to get killed and you seem not to be afraid. And I had my life threatened many, many times during that time. There were 
a number of times that the uh, administrator of the hospital had to has send armed guards into the operating room with me. They were in scrubs, operating scrubs with guns. And because there were so many threats to my life. And even when I left the university in um, uh, 1990, and I left for a couple of different reasons, um, I had gone through a really messy divorce and I was getting married again. And I, I moved to Southern California. And secondly, I had done hundreds of every procedure in orthopedics because at San Francisco General Hospital, San Francisco is a very violent city. It was even before all this came about. But I had done so many procedures. The, the average trauma surgeon in a busy trauma hospital does five times as much operating as the average orthopedic surgeon in private practice. Right. So yeah. I had done, you know, I'd been there for 15 years. I'd done a lot of everything, trained a lot of, of residents, orthopedic residents. And I had been at the forefront of the AIDS epidemic for nine years. And at that time, they were telling us how dangerous it was. But they were telling us, oh, well, it's not dangerous for you. Oh, really? We had blood all over us. Orthopedic trauma surgeons do the bloodiest surgery of all. Mm. And we have our hands in uh, the, the wound with sharp shards of bone from broken bones. And we're using wires and high-powered uh, instruments and all that. Uh, so so I, my children, I have two sons and they were young at the time and they were terrified I would get AIDS and come home and live with them and give them AIDS, you know? Yeah. So um, I just thought it was time to hang it up. And by that time I was doing a lot of speaking. I was speaking all around the world to medical societies, uh, you know, the, the um, Royal Society of Medicine. And I told you I went to Australia and I was speaking in Scotland and every place else. Hmm. And so I just thought it was time to, uh, to, you know, do something different. And then, of course, a few years later, I developed uh, cancer, hmm. which was um, uh, spread and was metastatic and it became fourth stage and then it became terminal. And so I was frantically looking for a way to get well, because I knew that doctors don't know how to get you well from anything. Doctors don't know how to cure any disease. Yeah. They just give you drugs to treat the symptoms. And I had had many doctor friends die of cancer. So, you know, if, if doctors die of cancer, then they don't know how to get themselves well. They don't know how to get you well either. Yeah. So I, I tried 40 different types of alternatives and none of them worked. And I kept getting worse and worse and became bedridden. And I wasn't able to eat or sleep and mm -hmm. uh, eat or drink. And, and so, you know, then I talk about all that in my books. Um, and I came really one night close to death. Mm -hmm. And so, but I talk about how I was able to figure out how to get well. Because all diseases are caused by the way we live, think, act, eat, and handle stress. And when I learned how to turn all that around, now it's been 29 years since my cancer. And I'm totally well and cancer-free. And, and I don't take any medications. And I have the energy of a 30-year-old. And in two weeks, I'll be 85. And you look amazing. You look amazing. And you've got <laughs> so much you. energy. And you're so lively. Well, that's, that's because, because everything that cures disease is anti-aging as well. Everything. Yes. It's all natural. And, and just think about what's the difference between a prune and a plum. It's water. Yeah. Water. That's right. okay. And so, but yeah. it's water on the inside. It's not mm -hmm. the creams people put the women put on the outside. It's water on the inside. What's the difference between a raisin and a grape? It's water. Mm -hmm. The body is 75% water. The brain is 85% water. When people don't drink enough water or they drink coffee, and I was a big coffee drinker. I stopped all that. Um, uh, when they drink coffee or caffeinated soda or alcohol, those are all diuretics. They take more water out of the body than comes in with the drink. And when you eat meat, poultry, and fish, they have no water in them. Mm -hmm. So it dries out your body. Yeah. And you have to take water from your body to make digestive juices. But when you eat a vegan diet, which I do and have for 29 years, when you do that, that, that all has water in it when you take it in, you see. So um, anyway, I, I figured out at that time I was 17 years behind in my water drinking. <laughs> and so I caught well, up. up to I, uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm totally well. And, and the cure for 
the cure for all diseases is the same as the cure for cancer. The cure for all disease is to stop doing what caused the disease. But people don't recognize that. And most people don't want to change their life. So then I have been since that time, I've been writing a lot of information on how I got well and how anybody can get well. A year before I was diagnosed with cancer, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Oh, really? Yes. And I had quite a severe tremor. But I noticed when I got well from well from cancer that all the Parkinson's symptoms went away, too. And that's when I realized they're all caused by the same thing, the way we live, think, act, eat and handle stress. And so when you change those, then you're totally well and your mind works. You know, every every thought that you think is transmitted from one nerve to another nerve in your brain on waterways. So if you don't have enough water. That's why you get, that's one of the reasons you get demented. One of the reasons. Okay. And when you were talking about uh, the fact that you had cancer and Parkinson's, the whole body healed together at the same time. It's yes. not like medicine where they're like, well, we're just going to try and treat the Parkinson's and then we'll give you a separate treatment yeah. for the well, cancer. They, they, yeah. Doctors work at the wrong end of all disease. They work on the, the symptom end. Say. The symptoms are not the problem. It's the sick body, whether you feel sick or not. When I was diagnosed with cancer, I didn't feel sick, but my body was sick. I had been abusing my body by my job and all, which I loved my job, but it was killing me. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, see, if you had a, an eight-year-old boy, child with chicken pox and the child had chicken pox marks all in their skin, would you take that child's and the child was very sick. Would you take that child to the surgeon and say, cut out all the chicken pox marks in my child's skin so he'll be well? Well, no, Definitely no parent for that. No, because you would know that when the body gets well, the chicken pox marks will automatically go away. When the body gets well, the cancer dies. It, you, what you do is you deprive the cancer of what it needs to grow by changing all these factors in your life. And then it dies and the body resorbs it. And I had a, if you go to my website at drday.com, you see, I had a gigantic tumor here. It was the size of a softball, hmm. size of oh, softball. Oh. The pictures are there. They're oh, really okay. gross. For a long time, I didn't put them up. Who wants to do that? But then when I was on the Art Bell show a number of years ago, he put them all up. So I thought, well, and now everybody knows. So I put them up. So, yeah. but it was a gigantic tumor. And the, the base of it was the entire width of my chest wall. Wow. It was a huge tumor. And um, so, and it was fairly high up on my chest. And it started out as just a tiny thing about half the size of a dried split pea. And then it just started growing and growing and growing. So um, again, uh, you, what you do is you change all the factors in your life that cause the disease in the first place. And then a, a well body, an immune system that's working well cannot get disease. That's the way you do it. Do you think if you went down the mainstream path where you got the latest chemotherapy and surgery and radiation and, and whatever else was offered at the time, do you think you'd still be here today to tell your story? Oh, of course not. No, I wouldn't. But, but on top of that, some people do survive the treatment, but they're never well. And you see, they have to keep going back to find out if the cancer has returned because it doesn't cure you. Mm. It doesn't cure you. They have to keep going back. I haven't been to a doctor in 29 years. Oh, good on you. That's one you'd be really proud of. For, well, but the thing is, doctors don't know how to cure anything anyway. They just give you drugs or they cut off your body parts or cut out your organs. I developed breast cancer. I knew I didn't develop breast cancer because I had too many breasts. Oh, she has too many breasts. And that's why she got breast cancer. So well, let's cut them off. Well, I, I didn't have them cut off because that wasn't the problem. Mm -hmm. The problem was my sick body. So why does medicine continue to say, oh, one day we're going to find the cure? And they've been saying this for 30, 40 years, but it never seems like they get any closer to finding the cure. What, what's I'll, tell, I'll tell you what the difference is. <clears throat> They're very good at the collection of facts, and that is called knowledge. The collection of facts is knowledge. And doctors and medical researchers do that very well. But in order to take those facts and put them in the right position to lead to the correct answer, you need wisdom. And wisdom mm -hmm only comes from God. Right. Wisdom only comes from God. So they never will find a cure. And not only that, they attack me viciously. They call me a quack because they say, oh, she says that 
that one plan can cure everything. Well, of course it can, because mm-hmm. then you stop doing the things that make you sick. Mm-hmm. But they say, oh, that's that's quackery. Well, because there has been a vicious war against um natural medicine for over 200 years when the Rockefellers first started abolishing it Mm. and went to drugs. And this is quite satanic. Yes. And that was, no, that what was that like the 1920s around that oh, time? Oh, late, late, late 1800s. Late 1800s, 1800s, yeah. And that was around the same time they invented germ theory as well, right? Which plays well, that, yeah, that was 150 years ago. Yeah, well, the germ theory is wrong. The germ right. theory is wrong. It, 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 it is not correct. Beauchamp was his opposition at the time, Pasteur's opposition. But, and he said, no. The germ is nothing. The milieu or the immune system is everything. Mm. And see, everybody talks about, oh, well, germs cause disease. Well, listen to this. What about the microbiome? That is that is a relatively new understanding. They didn't teach us anything about that medical school. The microbiome, you have a trillion bacteria in your intestine. They are 33% of your immune system. They are there as your friends. They make yeah. vitamin B12. They make vitamin K. They are there as your friends. Now, there are 30,000 different kinds of bacteria, but they say, but less than a hundred cause disease. <laughs> really? Well, what about the other 29,900, you know? Well, you know, sometimes they turn on you. No, they don't. They don't. And I'm writing a book on that. Uh, oh. The title of the book is uh, germs don't cause disease any more than flies cause garbage. I love it. I love it. So you see, if you see firemen at a big fire, do they cause the fire? No, absolutely. they're there to fix it. Right. They're there to fix it. If you see uh, EMTs at a massive car crash on the freeway, did they cause the accident? No, they're there to fix the people. Mm -hmm. If you see flies and rats at a garbage dump, did they cause the garbage? No, they're there to clean up the mess. Yeah. If you see a vulture eating a dead animal, did the vulture kill the dead animal? No, it's cleaning up the mess. You see, we have a whole series of scavenger animals on the earth and in the ocean and in the air. There are scavengers. They're meant to clean up the waste and the dead tissue and all of that stuff. Otherwise, the earth would be uninhabitable. Well, it turns out God has given us that same mechanism of scavengers in our body to clean up the dead and dying tissue. And they're called germs. Yeah. They are there to clean up the mess. They didn't cause it. But you see doctors having no wisdom say, oh, we see a bacteria in the middle of an ulcer. Ah, it caused it because it's there. No, just because you're there doesn't mean you caused it. Just like the firemen and the EMTs and the rats and, and flies. They are there to clean up the mess that we cause in our body by the way we live, think, act, eat, and handle stress. Yeah. And, and was that something that you realized when you were a surgeon? Because obviously they're very worried about, you know, bacterial infections. And no, I didn't know. I didn't know that when I was practicing, when I was operating. I didn't also know, this might be a shocker to you, I didn't know at that time that mm-hmm. HIV doesn't exist. It does. Yeah, I've never, heard you speaking about this too. Yeah, and never, I'm on that. It's never been isolated, never been isolated, nor has COVID-19 ever been isolated. They don't exist. Okay. Yeah. And in fact, this whole thing is on viruses. Viruses are nothing more than dead cell debris. They are pieces of DNA that fall out of a dead cell. Cells die all the time and the bacteria come and eat them up. Mm. That's what they do. Mm -hmm. They are there as our friends, you see. And so, you know, do you know how many viruses they say there are in the world? Do you know how many? Uh, A quadrillion, quadrillion. No, a quadrillion. This is the actual number. A quadrillion, quadrillion. More than all the stars in the sky, they say. But only 219 of them cause disease. Really? Right. You see, the thing is, none of them do. They're dead cell debris. But here's the difference. In medical school, they show us things in microbiology under a light microscope and under an electron microscope. In those two situations, under the light microscope, they have to be stained so everything's dead. 
And under an electron microscope, it's dead. They never teach us that there's a dark field microscope where you can see things that are alive. Never do that, nor do they ever fund any research with a dark field microscope. They say, oh, that's for all these quack alternative practitioners. So we don't fund that. So they make sure the gen general um, physicians never hear about it, nor does the public. And so it's all called quackery. And That's the way they do it. With the whole germ theory thing. So you, you were mentioning, because I'm, I'm on the same page as you, I don't think that germs cause disease, but the HIV AIDS epidemic, I mean, you were, you were treating people with HIV and AIDS, weren't you? Like what yes, were they yes, getting yes. sick? What, 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 oh, I won't even be able to say this on your program, but all of us at San Francisco General Hospital had been taking care of the promiscuous homosexuals for years. They were all sick already. If I told you what that lifestyle is like, you would say, I can't believe that. I mean, the things that we took out of the lower intestine, shall I say, of gay men, gerbils with their feet cut off, hardened plaster Paris, toolboxes, you know, just, just unbelievable stuff. They were sick already and they were doing poppers. They were doing amyl nitrate. Amyl nitrate causes cancer. Right. Okay. okay. And, and what is AIDS? Acquired immune deficiency syndrome. It means you have an, a deficient immune system that you were not born with. You acquired it. What is cancer? An acquired immune deficiency syndrome. You weren't born with it. So it's the same thing. And so what they were doing was they were getting sick by their lifestyle and by all these poppers that they were using and other kinds of drugs. They were getting sick. And then people like Fauci come along and say, well, let's give them AZT. Mm. Let's give them AZT. Well, AZT was actually devised for cancer patients, but was so poisonous that they couldn't even give it to cancer patients. So they started giving it to AIDS patients and killed them. That's what they died of. It's, AZT. Crazy. it's crazy that they were. Well, they do that all the time. People. They do that. If, if you have high blood pressure, They'll put you on high blood pressure medication, but of course they'll tell you, you have to be on it for the rest of your life because it doesn't cure your high blood pressure. Then you go back after a while and say, oh, well, I have this symptom. They say, oh, well, then you need another drug and then another drug and then another drug. And they're slowly killing you. That's what they do. This yeah. just with the AZT, it was a little faster. And it's really interesting with um, the AIDS and HIV thing, because a lot of people were probably even asymptomatic. They may not have had anything wrong with them and they've just been given a dodgy test and they said, oh, well, now you need to go on AZT and then they start getting sick, right? And of course, yes, yes, that's right. And, and see, the ELISA test didn't work and the Western blot is a joke and the PCR doesn't test for anything. It doesn't test for anything. Carrie Mullis, who won the Nobel Prize for developing the PCR test, which is the polymerase chain reaction, he said, it doesn't test for anything. And he conveniently died six months before the whole COVID thing mm -hmm. started. He said, Fauci is an idiot. I try to get him to come here and, and, and um, uh, debate me, but he won't come. He said he doesn't know anything. And the PCR, see, the PCR is, its best use is if you have a murder victim who has touched DNA on their shirt or their blouse and it's too small to test. Okay. So they yeah. use the PCR to multiply the copies of the DNA so they can test it with a different test. The PCR is a chemical copy machine. It doesn't test for anything. So all of these COVID-19 statistics are all pulled out of thin air. They're all lies. Yeah. And, and why don't other doctors seem to get this? Because uh, uh, many do, but m the majority don't. Why is it so hard for them to see this? Well, when you're in high school and you want to be a doctor, you want to go to a good college. So what do you do? You work hard, you get good grades, and you never rock the boat because you won't get into a good college if you do. You get into a good college, you want to go to a good medical school. So you work hard, you get good grades, and you never rock the boat. And then you get into a good medical school and you wanted to get into a good residency and you do the same thing. You work hard, you get good grades, you never rock the boat. When they're done, they don't question anything. They are so brainwashed 
The only reason that I'm different from them is I had a father who taught me at a very young age, and I probably heard it hundreds of times growing up. When I wanted to do things that the other kids were doing, he said, herd instinct, herd instinct. Don't go with the herd. Decide what's right. Stand on your own two feet. And so even when I was speaking out about AIDS, people came to me and said, oh, you're going to lose your job. And of course, as I said, I, I did get a lot of threats to my life directly from the U.S. government, too. They came directly to me and told me if I didn't shut up, they would do to me what they did to Karen Silkwood, which was a, she was going to blow the whistle on the nuclear industry. She was working in a nuclear plant. She was going to testify in Congress. She was on her way in her car. They ran her off the road down an embankment, killed her, took all of her papers. Wow. And this sort of makes me think about that um, airplane, the MH370 um, MH or something. Remember that airplane that was traveling and it had all the um, AIDS and HIV researchers on it? Do you think something yeah. ha- might have happened there? Oh, they do that stuff all the time. It certainly could be. You know, they, they do that stuff all the time. And so I just, uh, I am thankful for uh, what I believe is God's protection that I'm still alive because where I'm sitting right now, talking to you, when I first moved down to California, uh, Southern California, for the first five years or so I was here, I had black unmarked helicopters hanging 10 feet over my house, shaking it so violently that one time they shattered a floor to ceiling glass, sliding glass door. And they were so close, I could go out on the front porch and wave to the helicopter pilots. I mean, they are almost as I could see them as well as I can see you. So they and I guess after a while, they said, well, she's not intimidated. So we'll either have to kill her, but she's probably not important enough to kill. So let's just leave her alone. So. Well, I'm glad they did uh, leave you <laughs> come and um, spread this information to the world. And I think that's really important. And you were, you were mentioning before about the whole COVID thing. So obviously, like when all that started, you knew that there was something amiss about that. Oh, well, I, I, I have been predicting this for 30 years. I learned right. all this was going to happen uh, because I got inside documents given to me by various people who brought me these documents because I was on a lot of a lot of television programs and I was on over a thousand radio shows. And so they would give me information. I had inside government documents knowing, showing that this was all going to happen. So I knew this 30 years ago, I thought it would probably happen at Y2K, you know, at the the turn of the century, Mm -hmm. but they weren't ready yet. But I wrote a book uh, 14 years ago in 2008 called the coming new world order, how it will change everything in your life. And on the second page of it, is then Senator Biden, who is now the demented president of the United States, then Senator Biden and his speech on the coming new world order. Right. Okay. Okay. And and here it is. Of course. Yes. And so I knew, I knew immediately, see, we already have a global government. That's the only way they could close the world down in one week. If there's a global government, it just hasn't become obvious to most people. They're still kind of hiding a bit. But the world has been ruled by the Rothschilds from the city of London uh, for at least uh, a century and a half. They own the money supply of 192 of 195 countries in the world. So they control everything and they have for a long time and you never hear them about you know in in america when they say oh well, the richest people in america or the richest people in the world the rothschilds names are never there but they own half of the wealth of the world yeah and and i remember speaking about this to friends and family years ago about the new world order and they said oh you're crazy but now even in australia um on the news the, the channel 7 channel 10 news it's a regular thing now. They're like, oh, the new world order's here and people don't even hear it. They still think it's just crazy conspiracy right. theories. No, it's, not, it's, it's here. I mean, why would they think they could close down the entire world in a week? Yeah. Uh, if there's not a global government, there is. And now, now I just found out in the last month, I knew there was going to be a one world religion which will worship Satan, but they are already building the headquarters for the one world religion. Are you aware of that? No. Yes. Where does that happen? Yes. 
it, it's in in an Islamic country. It's in Abu Dhabi in the United Arab oh, Emirates. Yeah. And I have I've done some podcasts on this and I have the information on my website. I have two websites. I've got drday.com. That's where my health information is. And then the political and religious information is on uh, goodnewsaboutgod.com, where I show the pictures of their building of it. It's going to be done this year, 2022. Mm -hmm. And they call it the Abrahamic house or something like that. And they say, you know, all three major religions, Judaism, Islam, Christianity are from Abraham. Well, they're not. I show that in many of my books. It's not. But but they the whole point is, you see, in America, they have passed the Noahide laws. Are you familiar with those? No. Ooh. well, (laughs) Tell me about them. <laughs> All right. The Noahide laws, uh, they say they're from that God gave them to Noah. And that's not true. And then they say God gave them to Adam. No, that's not true. Noahide laws are a way for the non-Jews to be controlled. And they have the Noahide laws. And one of the Noahide laws, and these were passed under the radar, under the radar in Congress in 1991, I think it was. And the reason I know a lot about it, I knew a lot about it before I married my second husband, who had been a long-term U.S. congressman. His name was Bill Danemark. And he was in Congress the day that was passed, but he didn't know it. None of them did, because they told them all the votes had been taken and they could all go home. And then four stayed back and and passed the Noahide laws under the radar as a birthday celebration for Rabbi Schneerson, who the Jews believe will be their Messiah, even though he's dead. They think he's going to be resurrected and be their Messiah. So they were passed. And one of the Noahide laws says that idolatry is uh, against the law and a crime. Then if you read what what they decide is idolatry, it happens to be the worship of Jesus Christ and the penalty is death by guillotine. Well, you know, it kind of makes sense to me because they're going after religion here in Australia pretty hard at the moment. Right, right. And so, so... Trump re-signed those Noahide laws before he left office at the request of the Sanhedrin in Israel. Wow. So they are part of the law of America. They can can cut off your head for worshiping Jesus Christ in America legally. Yeah, it's a spirit. This is a spiritual war and a religious spiritual war between Christ and Satan. That's been going on since creation. And it is now coming to its fulfillment because, Mm -hmm. you know, about Agenda 21, right? Mm -hmm. You know about Agenda 2030. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why did they pick 2030? Good question. I'm not sure. It's the 2000th anniversary of the crucifixion of Christ. There you go. There you go. So they killed him before. And now they're going to kill him again by killing all the Christians because Satan knows that Jesus is coming soon. And so he wants to eliminate all Christianity, all vestiges of the Bible, all vestiges of Christ, anything, because then when Jesus comes, he's going to say, look, there's no one on this planet who worships you. This planet is mine. Hmm. That's the real ultimate goal. But he has his agents like the Rothschilds and George Soros and and lots of people in your country and 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 uh, Bill Gates and all that. They're, they're doing the dirty work for the Rothschilds. Yeah. And a lot of people think that that would be nonsense. But I mean, all you have to do is look at what's on TV, on, on the radio. And well, you look, at, I'll tell you, look in a, in a place that you'll read a lot more information that I, I've written a book called The Deliberate Destruction of America and the World, Who's Doing It and Why. And in the first chapter, I have 14 roadmaps, 13 of which they, our enemies, have written where they say what they're going to do. Mm. There's the Georgia Guidestones where they say they're going to 
kill six and a half billion people on mm. the face of the earth. It's in the protocols of the elders of Zion. It is in um, um, the uh, 1963 January 10 congressional record in our own Congress. It is in a CIA training manual called Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. It is in the book called Report from Iron Mountain, where the leaders got together uh, about 30 years ago and decided that they were going to use environmentalism to tell us how we, you know, we're, we're the cause of the problems on the earth. So they got to get rid of us. And so, uh, but they tell us all this, I've got 13 roadmaps that they have written. And then I've got the Bible, which is Daniel and revelation where it predicted 2000 years ago, this is what would happen. So if they just look at it, just look at it. these are available. The protocols of the elders of Zion were in the British Museum for years and years until people started coming by and saying, hmm, this sounds like this looks like what they're doing now. So they right, took them right. out. Yeah. Interesting. Because a, a lot of people would think that what's happening now is about a virus, but it's no, not, is it? No, it's not at all about a virus. This is a cover to bring communism into America and Australia and into the world. It's a cover for that because, first of all, when they have social distancing, then you can't get together in groups to have a protest, but that won't do any good anyway. The bigger thing is that, that, that we're not going, this is not going to go away with protests or anything like this. This is the war between good and evil. That's what it's really all about. And so uh, people have rejected God all over the world. They have rejected God. I don't, do not believe in organized religion. Organized religion is just as corrupt as the medical profession and politics and everything else. Okay. I don't believe in organized religion. Um, Christianity is not a religion. It's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ with no one in between. So it is not about churches or anything like that, because all of their doctrines are really from the enemy, uh, because the churches have all been infiltrated. But this is a war between good and evil, between Christ and Satan, and that's what's happening now. And all of this other stuff, I mean, all you have to do is look at what the Bible says. It's been right about everything they're doing so far, and it's not about a virus, because I'll tell you something else. <laughs> this is very important. This is going to be in my new book, too. When God brought the Israelites, who were not Jews, by the way, they were not Jews. Mm. Jewishness mm. Is, is not an ethnicity. It's a religion and a culture because the, today's Jews are all Khazarians from Khazaria. It was a country between the 6th and the 10th century that was over between the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea and the western part of Russia. And so um, when God brought the Israelites out of Egypt and took them through the wilderness for 40 years to the land of Canaan, they were uh, a large group of people, over a million. They were all living quite close together. So they didn't have modern sanitation like we do today. And so God gave them a lot of sanitation laws. And in fact, there were no pandemics or anything during the whole thing. He gave them numerous sanitation laws. There are 549 verses in the Bible about the sanitation laws God gave the Israelites in the wilderness. Right. Now, right. not one of them, not one of them is ever directed to protecting any, anybody from an airborne disease. Mm. Diseases Sorry. are not transmitted airborne. None, none. They can be transmitted by that's why if they, they had the 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 law that if they touched a dead body, they were unclean for that because you can get toxins from a decaying body and on your hands, transmit them to somebody else, right. but not through the air. Not so the this air. is a question that I have to ask you because basically everybody's walking around with a mask. So even right. if there was a virus, let's just pretend for a minute that there was They're not transmitted a trauma surgeon, like you wore a mask. But it well, wasn't yeah, to protect yourself you. against the virus, was it? No, no, of course not. What it was, was to present, to prevent particles of saliva and all that when we talked in the, in the, over the operating table from going into a massive open wound. We wore a mask and we were only 18 to 24 inches from the wound. Hmm. Open, not closed skin like everybody is walking around. Open. Yeah. But so there's six, eight, six foot distancing is baloney, even 
even if viruses did cause disease. Yeah. Six yeah. foot distancing is crazy. And so, and then, and then wearing a mask when we now know if this is God himself did not give any laws, sanitation laws to protect them from airborne diseases because there aren't any. There are none. There are none. Yeah. Right. So do you think that people are getting sick with a new disease or do you think this is just the oh, no. This, first, first of all, it, it, people say to me, well, what are people dying from? Yeah. Well, I guess for the last 6,000 years, nobody's died of anything until COVID <laughs> came along. They're dying of everything they died of before. And now they're dying from the side effects of the kill shot. And then they're calling it COVID. Now they're dying from getting the kill shot and vaccinations, the, the, the COVID vaccination is not even a vaccination. It destroys your immune system. No vaccinations have ever prevented disease, not even polio. Yeah. Polio was prevented by better sanitation laws, by, by child labor laws, by all sorts of things, not by the vaccine. They've been killing us slowly with vaccines for 100 years. We never had any autism before vaccines. We never had any sudden infant death syndrome, all these learning disabilities. We didn't have any of that before vaccines. They have been killing us slowly. Now they're doing it more rapidly. And it's interesting that you say that because many people, particularly health professionals that are listening to this would say, oh, that's crazy because we have the, the proof to, to show that. But when you really look, I mean, it's pretty shaky ground that all that stuff's based on. But there was a, a I think, um, the Journal of Pediatrics, I think in the early 2000s, where they basically said um, infectious disease wasn't, the eradication of infectious disease wasn't prevented by vaccines. It was actually due to the fact that we had better sanitation. That's correct. That's absolutely correct. And, you know, and child labor laws, children were working in the mines from the ages of four. They were working 12 hours a day in the mines and, and the children were working hard at all of these jobs that that put all sorts of terrible stuff into their lungs and all that. Uh, so when they had child labor laws, when they had better sanitation, because when the Industrial Revolution started, people moved from the country into the city. Whole families lived under a staircase or they lived in a room with no windows. They threw their waste into the street. Mm. I mean, there are all sorts of things that were going on. And uh, this, this, and I have a whole chapter on that in my book, The Deliberate Destruction of America and the World. And I show you that it happened because of better sanitation laws and child labor laws did not happen and better housing laws. It did not happen from vaccinations at all. And, and also, like, I, I noticed that the flu went from a couple of hundred thousand cases a year in Australia to none. We literally had no well, flu last year. Okay. Well, let me tell you something about the flu statistics. Here they come from, you grab them from the air. The CDC and no government body has ever kept track of the flu. No uh, government body in any country I was in medicine for 25 years. I know thousands of doctors. I don't know one single doctor, including myself, who ever reported the flu to a government agency. And many people don't even go to a doctor when they have the flu. Hmm. What they're talking about with the flu is all lies. No government agency in any country has ever kept track of the flu. Interesting. Interesting. And it couldn't be accurate anyway, because as you said, like there'd be many, many people getting the flu, but not going to their doctor. So it would never be recorded properly. Right. No. And doctors don't, doctors don't report those things. Anyway, doctors don't report this. They are too busy to do that. And they the flu has never been a problem before. Like no, if you get the every, flu, you go home and have some flu is a self-limiting disease. A cold is a self-limiting disease. It means you just go to bed or you, you know, you just eat lightly or drink a lot of water or whatever, and you get over it. Well, it turns out, turns out that every disease is a self-limiting disease. Yeah. You stop abusing your body. Yeah, that's right. There's not Including all these cancer. There's not all these thousands of different diseases that have a specific cure. The cure for them is the same. So because stop they're all do, the same. stop doing the things that cause them. That's yeah. the cure. 
Yeah. But see, doctors don't know what causes anything. In fact, when I was in medical school and we had, um, you know, our our um, textbooks of diseases and all, it would always start out with etiology, which is what causes it, etiology, and then signs and symptoms, and then uh, tests to do, and then the differential diagnosis. Well, etiology almost always said unknown unknown. They don't know how, what caused anything. Now I went just recently, I went to a medical school that's only 50 miles away from where I live and I got new books. They leave out the word etiology. Now they don't even discuss what causes it because they don't know anything. Right. So they leave it out. Right. Or they say it's a virus or it's gen- a genetic disease or well, something. See, virus, everybody loves viruses. Let me tell you why everybody loves viruses. See, if you get sick, you don't have to take any responsibility for it. Oh, they, that person came to work and they're so selfish. They came to work and, and they sneezed on me. I didn't do this. It's not the way I'm eating, living and handling stress. They sneezed on me. So I don't have to take responsibility for any of my illnesses. Okay. Secondly, the evolutionists love it because they say, well, is a virus alive? No, it's not. Oh, is it alive? No, no, is it? Oh, it is, it isn't, it isn't. This is the bridge, they say, from non-living to living things. So we love the virus, which is just a piece of DNA. It doesn't do anything, okay? Because they admit it cannot replicate itself out of the body. Which, and that is the definition of a living thing. So then the, the evolutionists love it. And of course, the drug companies love it because we've got a quadrillion, quadrillion viruses. They can make a quadrillion, quadrillion drugs. It's quite mind-boggling when you think about it that way, isn't yes. it? Yeah. So how, what do you think the answer is? How do you see a way out of this for humanity? Because I think we're faced with a pretty daunting problem at the moment, aren't we? This is all going to go down. This is the end. Right. People have been saying, this is the end. This is the end of this era. Yeah. The earth will be burned up. Again, if you've not been reading the Bible, and again, I was an agnostic for 35 years. I was raised a Christian. Then I left the church when I was in my early 20s because I couldn't get a mind, my mind around a God, which all the churches teach, who says, love me, and I'll let you live with me forever. But if you don't, I'm going to torch you and burn you forever. Mm. How can you love a God like that? You see, mm. I said, my parents, mere human beings would never do that to me. If I became a serial killer, they would hate what I had done, but they would still love me. Who is this God? I am out of here. Okay. So I was an agnostic for 35 years. And um, so then until I developed cancer and I already knew the doctors don't know how to get you well. And I tried 40 different types of alternative non-toxic therapies that don't work. And I have a, a DVD I've made about those showing I discussed 60 of them. None of them work. And so I, but I learned how to get well because the answer to cancer, the, the, the cure for cancer and every other disease is actually in the Bible. It says, see, all disease begins in the heart. Right. It begins right. in the heart long before any symptoms appear in the body. It begins in the heart because we want to live, think, act, eat, and handle stress our way rather than the way God says we should do it. But the other thing is, you see, doctors are scratching their head. They're saying, we don't know if stress causes disease. We don't know. We need to do a lot more research. Well, when you're stressed, you trigger your fight or flight reaction. Every doctor learns about that in medical school. Fight or flight reaction pours adrenaline and cortisone, cortisol into your body. Well, both adrenaline and cortisol have over a hundred side effects, which include blindness, heart attacks, cardiac arrhythmias, uh, loss of the ability to move your arms and legs. Oh, they don't know if stress causes disease. I mean, see, do you see what I mean about the difference between knowledge and wisdom? They don't have any wisdom. So when you are stressy, stress, the, the fight or flight reaction God gave us in our body for emergencies. Uh, a woman lifts a car off of her child. You run from an attacker. You run out of a building that's on fire, but it's meant for short-term use. And then your body recovers. But now people are so stressed all the time. Do you know that 50% of heart attacks occur after an episode of anger? All right. 50%. Yes. Because, and it's stressed. You see, that's what does it to you. And so, so when, when you are st- stressed to some level all the time, 
People are pouring adrenaline, cortisol into their body. Cortisol suppresses the immune system so you can't get well. Mm. Well, they tell us that cholesterol is a cause of heart disease, heart disease and heart attacks. Well, you know, it's one of the causes, but you know, you know how you lower your cholesterol? You know, that you stress. Well, no, stop eating it. Right. Okay. Stop eating it. There's no cholesterol in fruits, grains, and vegetables. There are only cholesterol in animals. Okay. So the first thing you do is you stop eating it. Secondly, the body makes all the cholesterol you need because you do actually uh, produce certain substances that your body needs with cholesterol, but the body produces all that you need. Secondly, if you have more than you need, if you just sit out in the sun, the cholesterol will turn to vitamin D. Interesting thought. Yeah. You see, that's why we need sunlight. Doctors are saying, oh, stay out of the sun. Sun causes skin cancer. No. Do you know that in 1900, 75% of Americans worked outdoors because we were still an agrarian society. There was no skin cancer. Mm. Now only 10% of Americans work outdoors and skin cancer is everywhere. It is not the sun. It is the way we're living, thinking, acting, eating, and handling stress, the cause of every other disease. So sunlight does not cause skin cancer. I don't suggest you lather yourself up with oil and then go out and fry yourself. That's not good for you, but you need sunlight. We need sunlight. Sunlight actually reduces the size of internal cancerous tumors. It boosts the immune system. It lowers stress. And as I said, it turns cholesterol into vitamin D. It does all sorts of wonderful things and it's free. And you know, it's really interesting. I gave a presentation a little while ago to a group of practitioners and I found some research, a couple of research papers actually that were done in the fifties and sixties, I think. And they drew quite close correlations between skin cancer and electromagnetic frequency. So like radio waves and things. But see, we always want to blame it on something outside of ourselves. Yeah. It's what we do. It's, it's what we do. Right. It's what we do. And so uh, that's the way we get well. But again, we say, oh, it's the EMFs. Right. Oh, it's the 5G. It's the chemtrails. It's everything else except me. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I have yep. no responsibility at all for my illness. Yeah. See, in order for me to get well, I had to admit I had done this to myself. I did it to myself. I didn't do it purposely. I did it ignorantly. After all, I'm a doctor. Doctors don't know anything about health. They don't know anything about health. They only know about drugs. Fortunately, again, I became a trauma surgeon because I recognized in medical school that doctors don't get anybody well from disease. But if you fall out of a building or you're run over by a bus or you break your leg, I'd put you back together again and you go your merry way because those things are not caused by the way you eat, live and handle stress. They are caused by an accident. It's different. And that's only about 10% of all medicine. And that's all that is necessary because all the other diseases we can get well on our own if we just stop doing the things that caused our disease. So if people want to, if there are people that are sick that are listening to this, what are the first, what's the first step that they can take? Like, where did you start when you were ill? Well, I already knew I had to change to a vegan diet. I didn't know much more than that. But I have on my website at drday.com, I've got a whole starter package. It contains everything you need to know to get well from the most serious disease on the face of the earth. Okay, everything you need to know. You have to change. You First of all, there are things I told you, the importance of water. The brain is 85% water. The body is 75% water. The brain is 85% water. If you... Um, I think the brain weighs on average five pounds or something like that. If you were able to squeeze all the water out of it, it would weigh 10 ounces. You see, that's how much water is in the brain. Everybody's got water in the brain. So, so the whole point is people aren't drinking enough water. They're drinking coffee and soda. And uh, as I said, they're all diuretics. They take more water out of your body than comes in with your drink. So you've got to eat a vegan diet. You've got to eat, uh, drink a lot of water. Uh, I drank 13 glasses of fresh homemade uh, vegetable juice in between meals. Uh, in order to, again, hydrate my body. I told you I was so, I, I never drank water. I drank coffee, which was horrible, of course, but I was too stupid to know any different. Now all, everybody, all the other doctors drank it all the time too. Mm-hmm. And so then you've got to have um, fresh air. Cancerous tumors grow twice as fast as if you're breathing indoor air as if you're breathing outdoor air. And that is all of these things I'm telling you are all 
documented in the medical literature from studies in one of my books called I Will Give You Back Your Health Again. I've got over 300 medical references that show these things work and they're all free. Uh, exercise is very important. Exercise does all sorts of things to lower stress and to boost your immune system and all that. And then uh, you've got to get rid of the processed food and all the crap that people are eating now. You've got to get rest at the proper time of night. Um, can, uh, the healing hormones are produced in the body between 10 p.m. and two o'clock in the morning, but you've got to be asleep. Mm. People are up all night with their iPhones and their their whatever video games they're playing and, and watching TV and all, and they're making themselves sick and they don't even know it. Even people who work at night are much sicker than people who work during the daytime. Our bodies were meant to be awake during the daytime and asleep at night. And so these are all, and, and how much does sleep cost? Nothing. How much does fresh air cost? Nothing. How much does, um, uh, you know, learning how to forgive everyone who's ever wronged you. You've got to learn how to do that because that causes stress in your life. The body doesn't, is, is not able to discern what the stress is. It just reacts all the same. So whether it's financial stress, work stress, domestic stress, uh, the stress of COVID, uh, the fake pandemic, it, it reacts the same way. And so it pours cortisol and adrenaline into your body and causes all of these adverse reactions in your body. So, you know, I'll tell you something that I didn't tell other people for a long time, but in the last few years I have. When I developed cancer, I had gotten remarried, but I had been through a horrible um, divorce and custody battle for my children. Uh, It was very acrimonious. Fortunately, I got I only my one son was 18 and the other son was under age. And so he was the the one that was uh, under the court's control. Um, I the the reason I got divorced is I found out that my husband of almost 20 years had his 30 year younger girlfriend living in our summer home. Now, of course, I (laughs) that is I I would. And then my residents came to me to tell me that they'd seen my husband all around town with this other woman. It was very humiliating. It's very humiliating to have that happen. And she worked Mm -hmm. at the same hospital. She was a nurse and she wasn't even very attractive. But the whole point was. I was angry and in human terms, I had a right to be angry, Mm. but it was killing me. It wasn't killing them. It was killing me. And so in order to get well, I had to write a letter to my ex-husband and to his girlfriend, a separate letter to his girlfriend, asking for their forgiveness for the things that I had said about them, which were all true, but I had not said them in the right spirit. That was the hardest thing I had to do to get well. All the rest was easy compared to that. And I mailed them. I mailed them. Okay, you have to humble yourself. You have to recognize that it is eating you. It is not going to harm them. Mm -hmm. So you have to get rid of that. You have to give up anger and grudge holding and fear and anxiety. And the only way you can really do that is not with new age. I tried all the stuff. I tried um, biofeedback. I tried meditation and visualization. I had some pretty horrific experiences with those scary experiences. I quit that. The only way is to turn to God. That's the only way, because God is the only one that can give you the strength to actually forgive them. I didn't endorse what they were doing, but I had to forgive them. Mm -hmm. And people have moved so far away from God. And again, not religion. I don't go to church. I don't believe in organized churches. They're all just nothing but businesses. I don't believe that. But we have a relationship with the Lord and they're going to exploit that because they know that everybody has a need to worship. So they're going to have them worshiping Satan. That's the one world religion. And they're going to get them there real fast because most Christians worship a God that has all the characteristics of Satan already. Mm-hmm. Love me or I'll burn you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, it's such powerful information that you're putting out there because a lot of people don't realize that the way to health is actually quite simple. And a lot of those things are free. You don't need expensive treatments or drugs or surgeries or these other, you know, new age technologies. It's, it's well, the thing is, provided a lot of it. The thing is that I know a lot of people don't believe in God, but there is a God and he would be a very big bigoted God. If 
you had to have the ability to have modern medicine in order to get well, because about three fourths of the world don't have access to modern medicine, but they all have access to fresh air and sunlight and water and sleep and all that. Mm, So God has given us a way to get well that everybody in the world can do. Dr. Day, thank you so much for coming and speaking to me. I really appreciate all your wisdom. It's, it's fantastic. Um, is there any final words that you wanted to leave us with yes, before you yes. go if today? You, if you want to get well, go to my website. If you have any disease, you want to get well, go to my website at drday.com. Also on my website at goodnewsaboutgod.com, I've got 10,000 political articles all separated, showing you all the things that they're doing. I have on my homepage, I have Dr. Day's updates where I talk about COVID and all that. They can vaccinate you with the test. You know, I got all the information about that. They can put nanoparticles into your brain with the swabs that they're using for the test and all about the PCR and all that. And I post new articles there every Monday morning. So you can follow what's going on there and you can learn how to be well on my other website and you can learn how to be well spiritually on good news about God because they're all tied up together. So you don't have to get old. You don't have to get old and decrepit and you don't have to get all wrinkled up. You know, I mean, I don't look 20 anymore, but I don't look 85. No. So there, there is a, a way to be well and you can slow down the aging process, but you have to be willing to humble yourself and live God's way and not your own. Dr. Day, thank you. And I'll put the links to your website in the show notes as well so that people can check that information out. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions or comments, head on over to humanly.com slash podcast and join the discussion. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and become part of our growing community of like-minded health professionals. Until next time.